Ladies and gentlemen of the, of, the, of the audience, I don't think it's fair to call my clients frauds. Okay, so the blackout was a big problem for everybody, okay? I was stuck in an elevator for two hours and I had to make the whole time. But I don't blame them, because one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. Very good, Lewis. Short, but pointless. Flying, everybody coming at you. How are you, everybody? Yes, it's the this podcast is going to be entitled so that you never know. Here we go. The Nightfly meets the Nightfly. Oh, it happened. Yes, what am I talking about? We'll find out in a couple of minutes. But hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Dave Juskow, and this is the June, I don't know, 15th. Uh, yes, June 15th, 2021 edition of the Nightfly podcast need to reiterate because uh well we've got some uh, big big stories to tell you uh today big news and stuff and it's gonna be a great day it is a beautiful day in downtown manhattan new york i mean a picture perfect day about exactly 70 degrees with a little breeze and bright sunshine a perfect perfect day in the middle of june after a pandemic threatened the Earth as a planet. But when Earth won and Earth two, and the only way the Nightfly meeting the Nightfly could have happened is after a pandemic. It's the only way. It's the only way the two worlds could collide. All right, what am I talking about? Let's get down to business. Hello again, everybody. I hope everybody's having a nice week and a lovely uh, after... What do you call it? A lovely after-pandemic uh, fun time? <laughs> I don't know. While things slowly and surely get back to normal, still wearing masks, I guess, when you go into a CVS, and, and that's pretty much about it, and a Dunkin' Donuts. Although, in, if you're in New Jersey, I, I don't think you had to wear masks anywhere, which I was yesterday. But let me just, I'm just going to tell you right now. I got to meet Donald Fagan on Monday. It was fantastic. Now, I don't know, should I, again, you know, I just, when I do the, the podcast, I have a point, but I don't have prepared what I'm going to say, so I never know where I'm going to begin, but it, it was just too exciting. I met Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. I met the guy the Nightfly is based on, and the reason I met him is because, God damn it, I got the call from outside Steve on Monday. I mean, this was True luck. Now, you know me, and we've talked about this before. 
If uh, I get a call in the middle of the night to come somewhere because somebody's down there, I don't know whether I'll go. We did a whole podcast on who you get out of your pajamas, uh, so to speak, uh, and go see in the middle of the night. And I, you know, for me, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever get, you know, me. I mean, I just, I'm staying at home. I'm not doing a lot. I mean, I'm doing more now, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm, when I'm home, I'm home. You know, girls come up, hey, can I come by? Hey, hey, night's over. It's over, baby. I'm already ready for bed. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to come over and we can make out or something. Hey, 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 what'd I just say? The night's over. If you want to hang out tomorrow and schedule a time, okay. So, you know, that's the way I am, right? That's the way I'm. I mean, what a crappy way to be, too, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I, I'm assuming 30 years ago was more spontaneous, but who the hell knows at this point? But now, you know, an old man, and I'm just saying, you know, like, I, I have to explain to them. I'm like, you, lady, I'm 75 years old. Please. I am stuck in my ways. Um, it's very difficult for me to get out of bed. I have to, uh, I would have to get up. I would have to get some water. Uh, anyway. So I get the call from uh, outside Steve, but I'm out already. Thank God. I mean, that's the thing. Okay, so if outside Steve, who is the doorman at the Comedy Cellar and my friend, tells me that Donald Fagan's outside, who I've never met, and who I've named the podcast after his first solo album, The Nightfly, obviously I want, I want to meet him. I want to get a picture. Now I know he's also a curmudgeon like me, so I love every bit of this guy. And his music is just unbelievable. Now, if Walter Becker was there, would I say, well, I know he's dead, but I'm just saying. But I'd be like, eh, it doesn't matter. Oh, but thank God I was out. I'm just um, not sure how to begin to tell. Yeah, I guess I guess the thing. Okay, so let me just start. Let's just get into it, right? Or should I? Yeah, let's just get into it. I'll just talk about Monday first. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about because technically we've been off for two weeks because we did the Alex Sulkin uh, podcast last week, which was terrific. I loved it. I'm again. I'm sorry if I kept interrupting. This is what I do. You know, I just I get so excited to talk to a guest sometimes. And Alec is oh the perfect guest for us. No, God, I hope you liked that podcast or the video cast especially, where I have all the pictures and all the stuff we're talking about. You can see, uh, you know, the pictures I've told you about also. But just I'm talking about, like while me and Alec are talking, I put in pictures of what we're talking about the people we're talking about if he's talking about his writing partner wesley wilde or whatever i could put a picture of him up there so you can see so you know the youtube video a companion piece as we like to call it is a pretty good deal uh if you want to watch it that way but obviously there is always our audio podcast uh that we love to do but so uh oh, i'm getting confused there's so much to tell you so right it's two weeks off and Alex just so cool. God, there's so much. I don't even know where to begin. I'll just start with Monday. I'll just start with Monday. And this is after the, oh, my God. I'm, let, I'm just going to tell you about Monday. This is this past Monday. I, I, uh, I, you know, it's a regular day, but I know I have a show. I'm doing a show with Elon. But it's, the, it's the Gilbert Gottfried's uh, school benefit that we usually do. But Gilbert Gottfried's kids aren't in it anymore, so they don't need to do it. But they continued to ask Elon, my friend Elon Altman, the co-host of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, they continue to ask him to, would you mind continuing to do the show and book it? And he's like, sure, whatever. Of course, he grew up in Manhattan, so he doesn't mind doing stuff like that. And of course, I was grateful to be on the show at all, but it was an outdoor show. Like, not outdoors. It was at the Gavinsport. What is that? The name of that place down in the meatpacking district. 
at this hotel, but an outside, it was hot and awful. Like in the sense of just it's heat and it just had fans going. And let me tell you something about fans. Fans are no fans <laughs> of stand-up comedy because when fans are running, the stand-up comedy is lost because you cannot concentrate except on anything but the fan noise. So bad for uh, Sheba's show, I think, and bad for uh, this kind of thing. Anything that's just fans and not central air, you're, you're going to be kind of screwed, I think. Uh, but we're doing this show, and it's down in the village or in the meatpacking district or what they used to call the meatpacking district. And I went down, and I had, a, you know, I was very excited about the show because, you know, I had just come off doing Boston. I'll tell you about that later. Doing 30 minutes, I only had to do 10 to 12 minutes. It was perfect. Uh, I don't think it went very well. The crowd was split to the right and to the straight. It like, was really weird. And like I said, just very hot. And I finally, when I came home on Sunday from Boston, put on my air conditioners. So before, and you know, I cleaned out the filters. And before I put on the air conditioners, I mean, this is the first time I put on the air conditioners, and it was really hot. So I'm pretty sure. And going out, screaming all night, drinking, I got sick. I definitely picked up some sort of bug. I'm having, uh, I'm, not, I'm not having trouble talking yet, but I still get a little bit of tickle in my float. I just bought some Flonase. Very exciting stuff. Very quick sickness, uh, and not like a sickness. I had a sore throat on Tuesday, which turned into like a tickle, which turned into a runny nose. You know, like went really quick. Uh, but that is how I catch colds uh, going from cool air. I've mentioned this multiple times, cool air to hot air and uh, excessive uh, going out, hanging out, and lack of sleep, which uh, screws your immune system, which you know causes sickness. That's how I get. Last time I got sick, was March 9th, before the pandemic of 2020. I went out all night, didn't get any sleep, woke up, went out to meet my friend, and uh, caught what I thought was COVID, but thank God, I think it was just my regular, my way of getting sick. Always sore throat first, then the tickle, then the runny nose. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, a regular common cold, I guess, but it uh, run its course pretty much. And uh, so I'm doing the show, and I said to Eli, you know, because on Mondays, as you know, if you listen to the show, you know, I have the Comedy Cellar YouTube show that I do every Tuesday night with Colin Smith, musician Colin Smith. And so every other Monday, because I can't go every Monday, uh, just because I'll die uh, to drink and spend money and party all like that, you know, I just can't handle it. So every other Monday, I go and support him. And, you know, let alone see Gnome, the owner of the club and stuff, and, you know, see all the people at the cellar. It's the right thing to do because you got to go down there. I was going down there on Wednesdays. Now I'm going down there on Mondays. It's better for me. So the plan was that Elon and I would walk over after the show and go to the cellar. It would be perfect. But then I get the text while we're doing the show. It starts at 8 o'clock, and I get the text from outside Steve, Donald Fagan's here. And what I do? What did I do? I said, you got to be goddamn kidding me. What the hell, you know, because I couldn't leave the show and I got to meet and I'm planning on going there anyway. I mean, thank God, because I don't know what I would have done if I was just sitting at home, because if he texted me, let's say around 830, I mean, that's what I'm just sitting around playing uh, games. This Harry Potter game on my phone, watching the Big Bang Theory. That's my life. <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I'd be like, oh, I guess next time he's around, I'll meet him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have come out. But I was already planning on going there. I'm like, oh, this is kismet, as they call it. And, of course, I'm just I'm, I'm doing this bit. My friend Jimmy 
Henry, it's his joint. This is Lisa. Hey, Frankie, how are you? Hey, Tommy, all dressed up. All grown up and doing the town. Look at this. Tommy. I forgot you was having a party with this mom. Oh, oh, come here. Let me go say hello. Hey, Billy, how are you? Tommy, you know me. I haven't seen hey, you in six Billy. fucking years. How you doing, Billy? Jesus oh, well, Christ <laughs> almighty. You look terrific. How you feel? Watch this suit. Watch this suit. Watch this suit, you little Christ. frick. You. Hey, I know you all my life. All right, good. You're getting too big on me Just now. Don't go busting my balls, Billy, okay? Hey, Tommy, if I was going to break your balls, I'd tell you to go home and get your shine box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this kid, this kid, this kid was great. They, they used to call him Spit Shine Tommy. I swear to God. Oh, he'd make your shoes look like fucking mirrors. Excuse my language. He was terrific. He was the best. And he made a lot of money, too. Salud, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Oh, I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you? Fuck right now. It's what's what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I mean, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls. And you, right away, you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean right. to offend you. I'm sorry too. It's okay. No problem. Okay, salute. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on! Come on! Let him go. 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 Keep him here. Keep him here. You keep him. Keep that motherfucker here. That's what I was saying outside Steve. I'm like, keep him here. Keep him here, Henry. I'll be back. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm like, keep him here. You better keep him here. He goes, he's going to the 930 show. I'm like, that should work out perfect. I just got to get there by 11. Shouldn't be any problem whatsoever. You make sure he keep him here. So we rushed down to the comedy cellar. Who'd we take with us? We were walking with somebody else. Oh, it was Mark Norman. Oh, yeah, it was Mark Norman. Right, right. It was Mark Norman. Yeah, it was the, the great comic Mark Norman. Right. <laughs> the three of us went down, and I was rushing because I told everybody, I got to meet Donald Fagan. I got to meet Donald Fagan. I mean, how could I not meet Donald Fagan? How could the Nightfly, a guy that does a podcast called The Nightfly, based on his album, not meet Donald Fagan? So, you know, we rushed down there, and then I'm like, you know, go to Steve. I'm like, all right, I'm here. Where is he? He's like, oh, he's sitting in the show. He's sitting in the back. And then I, everybody that came out, I'm like, did you see him? Did you see him? And I don't think anyone cares except me like no one cares that's why i figured this is going to be easy so we're going and we're watching the show we're sitting and i'm drinking the weirdest night because greg giraldo i don't know if you remember this guy greg giraldo was one of my really great friends he was a comic and he died overdosed and his son was waitering at the cellar just like you know watching like judy gold's son i mean it's just so weird these comics i grew up with and then their kids, you know, are tw in their 20s or 19 or 20. It's just so strange having a relationship with them. I guess that's normal. So Greg Giraldo's son is where it's like his second day. He's a sweet kid. I said, oh, well, you know, I was friendly with your dad. You know, years ago, me and your dad, we used to hang out a little bit. You know, like I figured he'd want to know. And he did. Anyway, we're sitting there. We're watching the show and watching Colin play. But I'm like looking around the whole time. I'm like, when's the show going to be over? When's the show going to be over? You know, and I'm, there, I'm like, you know, I got I just got to wait outside. I don't know. Should I wait outside? Should I go inside? How should I? How am I going to do this photo op from a guy clearly that just really hates photos? But I got to try. 
And then the show goes longer than as if some asshole came on. Des Bishop, I, I mean, he's a nice guy, but I'm so angry. I'm like, wait, I thought the show was supposed to end with Jessica Curse. What's going on here? So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm trying to find a good location at the door for him to come out. And I don't know whether he's going to come through the thing. And so I'm just waiting. I'm like, well, the, the, I think Natterman said, well, if you, if you wait outside, there's no way to miss him. You know, he can only come out one entrance, even if he goes up and around. And I should have known because he was with Gnome's friend or something, this guy Frank. Or Paul, I, I know Frank. Everybody I know now is named Frank, so I don't know. Uh, so anyway, I finally can't. He comes out, and he was, and Elon kept sending me texts. He's here. He's just hanging around, and I wasn't paying attention. I guess I was talking to people outside. Saw him come out, and then said, "Hey, my name's Dave. I, uh, I'm a comic. I, uh, you know, I work here. Can I please get a picture?" And he said, "Sure. Let's move away." So we moved down the street a little bit. And then his friend took a picture, and then I told him, well, I was telling everybody, I mean, the fact of the matter is, in 1988, me and Dave Attell were in a band with Donald Fagan's stepson, Ezra. I'd forgotten his name, and he goes, because I said, we were in a band with your stepson. He goes, Ezra? Yes! I couldn't remember his name. But me and Attell, and I got footage. I have the footage. So this story was so fascinating, of course, and why wouldn't it be to the other comics um, that Sam Morell came in and he's been documenting a bunch of shows he has been doing post COVID. He goes, Hey, you got to tell this story on my show. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I told the story because what's funnier than me and Attell being in a band together. And I had a whole podcast, I think it called Dave Attell plays with Steely Dan, uh, you know, years ago. And so that's a great story. So I told Donald Fagan, yeah, we were in a band with Ezra, you know, and we were, you know, for one day, <laughs> two days, I don't know. It was super fun. And um, I got the picture. I got a picture of me and Donald Fagan. And I named it. And then the podcast. And then his friend just goes like, well, that sounds like a lawsuit. I'm like, you know, I said to myself, should I even mention that I did that? So I, you know, they were like kidding and not kidding at the same time, I guess. But uh, I figured sooner or later that was going to happen since I'm using the pretty much cover of the album, which apparently you can't do anything anymore. You can't play any music, can't do any album. But like I said, like we did with the, when they took off the uh, Universal Music thing the other week when we were talking about it, you just keep doing it until somebody tells you not to. That's the way I look at it, I guess. Um, anyway, it was really exciting. We got a great picture because he just looks angry, you know, but I, he wasn't that angry. But, you know, he is a curmudgeon. So the Nightfly, meeting the Nightfly, I guess that's the, uh, I mean, why wouldn't I put that up as the picture this week as the picture? I mean, you know, I usually Photoshop myself in on something, but this, this is the one. I mean, how are we not calling this podcast the Nightfly meets the Nightfly? I don't know whether to call it the Nightfly meets the Nightfly or do you say the Nightfly meets Donald Fagan? I don't know what brings in more listeners. I'll just call it the Nightfly meets the Nightfly. I don't see how you can not call it the Nightfly meets the Nightfly. I never know what I'm going to call each podcast until I listen back. And then I'm like, but, you know, that's, please. I mean, this is a no-brainer. I mean, how exciting was it? I mean, this guy is just so great.
that's that's the follow-up album to the solo album the nightfly which was like 10 years later maybe even more kamakiria the follow-up i mean it sounds just like a silly dan song it's like um you know what do you even need walter pecker for i'm not positive but i think he bought the kind of coolness in a way to the steely dan band more the rockin uh area to it where donald fagan's all keyboards and becker was guitar so i guess they made a pretty good match just like simon and garfunkel but simon certainly doesn't need garfunkel but garfunkel certainly needed simon anyway what an exciting day that was and again if you look at it like that, and then you meet like Geraldo's kid, and you're, and then you know you see, and then you're, you're Sam Morell, we're doing that thing. It's like it's all just a matter of leaving the house, and good things happen. If that, I just wish I, I should have that in a motto uh, on my refrigerator, I guess, and how important it is to to be a part of society. And uh, I mean, Woody Allen says it in Hannah and Her Sisters in the most uh, simplest of ways. Gosh, you really went through a crisis, you know that? H- how did you get over it? I mean, when I ran into you, you seemed, you seemed just perfectly fine. Well, you seem fine now. Well, I'll tell you. One day, about a month ago, I really hit bottom. You know, I just felt that in a godless universe, I didn't want to go on living. Now, I happen to own this rifle, which... I loaded, believe it or not, and pressed it to my forehead. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm going to kill myself. Then I thought, what if I'm wrong? What if there is a God? I mean, after all, nobody really knows that. But then I thought, no. You know, maybe is not good enough. I want certainty or nothing. And I remember very clearly, the clock was ticking. And I was sitting there, frozen, with the gun to my head, debating whether to shoot. All of a sudden, the gun went off. I had been so tense, my finger had squeezed the trigger inadvertently. But I was perspiring so much, the gun had slid off my forehead and missed me. And suddenly, neighbors were, were pounding on the door, and, and I don't know, the whole scene was just pandemonium. And, you know, and I, I, I ran to the door. I, I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I was, I was embarrassed and confused, and my, my mind was racing a mile a minute. And I just knew one thing. I, I, I had to get out of that house. I had to just get out in the fresh air and, and clear my head. And I remember very clearly, I walked the streets. I walked and I walked. I, I didn't know what was going through my mind. It all seemed so violent and un, unreal to me. And I wandered for a long time on the Upper West Side, you know, and it must have been hours. You know, my, my feet hurt, my head was, was pounding, and, and I had to sit down. I went into a movie house. I, I didn't know what was playing or anything. I just, I just needed a moment to gather my thoughts and, and be logical and, and put the world back into rational perspective. And I went upstairs to the balcony, and I sat down. And, you know, the movie was a, a film that I'd seen many times in my life since I was a kid, and, and I always loved it. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching these people up on the screen, and I started getting hooked on the film, you know? And I started to feel, how can you even think of killing yourself? I mean, isn't it so stupid? I mean, look at all the people up there on the screen. You know, they're real funny, and, and what if the worst is true? What if there's no God and you only go around once and that's it? Well, you know, don't you want to be part of the experience? You know, what the hell? It's not all a drag. And I'm thinking to myself, 
geez, I should stop ruining my life searching for answers I'm never going to get and just enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, after, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe there is something. Nobody really knows. Yeah, I, know, I know maybe is a very slim read to hang your whole life on, but that's the best we have. And then I started to sit back and I actually began to enjoy myself. God, he puts it in such a perfect way, and it's a shame that history is going to um, mess up his legacy because he's so prolific. And Hannah and her sisters does figure into Monday night because I was doing my Max Foncito imitation for uh, Sam and the and the the guy filming it. I just can't help myself from a scene from Hannah and her sisters. I watched television tonight, and do you know that if Jesus came back and saw what was going on in his name, he'd never stop throwing up. But anyway, that is my Donald Fagan story. Could not wait to tell you guys, oh my God, isn't that unbelievable that I got to meet Donald Fagan? Now, we have so much else to talk about today that I've got to move on. Let me just, in the middle, tell you what is happening on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show tonight. We have Bonnie McFarlane and Rich Voss, the husband and wife team, the classic, the Steve and Edie Gourmet, the Stilla and Mirror of the 21st century, Bonnie McFarlane, Rich Voss. That should be hilarious. Then the week after that, we have uh, comedian Dave Landau, who uh, used to be working with Anthony DeCumia, but he moved on because that's a toxic situation. And uh, oh, the cutie pie, Jamie LaBella from Fox Business News. Uh, God, I absolutely love her. And her dog, Tortellini. So that's hilarious. And then the week after that, the end of June, we're going to finish off the month with Greg Fitzsimmons and Rachel Feinstein. Now that's a show. So that ought to be good. Also on uh, July 1st, actually, you can see me live at the Westside Comedy Club. Five Comics and Dave is coming back. We have uh, what's it? Chanel Ali. It's a new comic I met up in Boston. She's terrific. And Elon will be performing. And then I'll find some other people. That's July 1st live. Uh, on the Billy Joel podcast, uh, last week, we finally got to the C's, which was very exciting because I, we played, really, I, I think, it's hard to say. I mean, you can hear it, but it's one of my favorite Billy Joel songs that I've been trying to learn, playing, just playing on the piano, but, it, it, you know, it gets bad. Here I am again with this smoky place and my brandy eyes. I'm talking to myself. You were the one. You were the one. Here I go again looking for your face and I realize that I should look for someone else. But you were the one. You were the one. That's my favorite part. For comfort that I can take from someone else, but after all, I know there is no. 
So I, I would totally, like, I'm trying to make a playlist of all the new kind of rediscovered Billy Joel songs that I'm going to put on Spotify for the people that like the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. And this was going to be one of them. But unfortunately, when he starts speaking French, it just sucks. And uh, he needs to re-record this or let me re-record it. Let me do it with just English lyrics. Let somebody take a step so we can have a good version of this. No, it's a, it just a, and it ruins the song and it's a major bummer because I really like this song. But that was last week on Billy Joel A to Z. Today, today we uh, tonight tonight this morning uh, we, we have Captain Jack coming out uh, a song which again never really cared for except when it gets to that chorus and it builds you know there's always some part of the billy joe songs are like but you know it's a little it's very long and it's tedious of course i love the masturbate line i mean that's like woo i'm always like yeah and then i realize i'm the only one doing it which uh you know is kind of a metaphor for everything and then uh the, the awful uh careless talk off the innocent man album but that's at least we have some fun songs coming up. We also recorded with Sarah Silverman for the end of the seas. That'll be coming up later off in the month. But this Captain Jack, I just have to tell you. And so, you know how we talk about on this show sometimes, maybe, you know, we were just with the family guy and, you know, animation. H. John Benjamin, who I've known for 30 years, who is the end all of voiceover work in the animation business and, you know why who the fuck knows because well i'm gonna tell you why but this guy you know started on dr Katz. now he's on like three huge shows he's uh, bob's burgers which makes a fortune archer family guy he's on an arby's commercial i mean this guy his voice is the one remember i told you my friend um mitch watson who does uh you know a bunch of disney uh, kung fu panda and you know i don't know whether he's nickelodeon he's a big voice that's how i got a scooby-doo he was i was like why don't you ask john benjamin like, oh i wish you know and it's, it's like you wish i was just in a thing where this guy plays a hundred different voices and you just you're wishing you can get this guy that just does one voice his own voice and i've said to you before mel blank would be turning over in his grave meanwhile the fact of the matter is that that one goddamn voice is goddamn perfect, and John Benjamin is a true genius. We're trying to get him for the Billy Joel podcast because we found this thing. My friend Evan Cutler brought it to my attention. WFMU is this New Jersey radio station that has a huge cult following. And it's where this guy, Tom Sharpling, kind of put it on the map, and we're going to have him as a guest as well. He just wrote a book. And... Uh, so he did this thing, which I might, if I ever go on vacation again, I might play the whole 45 minutes of this thing. It is brilliant. And we're going to talk about it this week on Billy Joel A to Z. But it is, this Tom Sharpling interviews this guy. I thought it was real. I found out it, it was not. This guy, Danny Phipps, who has the best Billy Joel cover band in America called Glass Houses. And it was voted best cover band by uh was turnstiles magazine something like that <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous and then john benjamin calls in and the two start fighting because he has a billy joel cover band but it turns out they only play captain jack and they do it like seven times a night and so he plays it and this 
when he's singing it for the people, um, I don't know whether I've ever laughed so hard. And the weird part is when I was kind of getting the clip together last night, I still laughed, and I must have heard this 10 times already. So, I mean, I know that from seeing you guys perform over and over again and from seeing you on tour, mm-hmm. I mean, you really sound like Billy. Well, that's our thing is that, you know, it's the ultimate tribute. Yeah. So, I, you know, I hope, I, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um, what, what song are you going to do? Well, I guess I'd like to do, um, I, I guess what I'm most prepared to do would be and I, I hope this makes you happy, uh, Captain Jack. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, well, let's hear it. Only because it's the first, yeah. and and it's the inaugural song, and it's what started the whole ball rolling for Billy. And I guess in that way I tap into it because it's kind of what got the whole ball rolling for me. So there's a special significance to Captain hey. Jack. Okay, let's hear it. <clears throat> Saturday night and you're still hanging around You're tired of living in your one-horse town You'd like to find a little hole in the ground For a while mm-hmm. So you go to the village in your tie-dye jeans And you stare at the junkies and the closet queens it's like some pornographic magazine, and you smile. Mm-hmm. Captain Jack will get you high tonight. Take you to your special island. Captain Jack will get you by tonight. Just a little push, and you'll be smiling. Sister's gone out, she's on a date And you just sit at home and masturbate Your phone's gonna ring soon, but you just can't wait So you stand on the corner with your new English clothes And you look so polished from your head down to your toes Ah, but still your finger's gonna pick your nose after all Mm-hmm. Captain Jack will get you high tonight We'll take you to your special island Captain Jack will get you by tonight Just a little push and you'll be smiling mm-hmm. Should I go on or? You can keep going if you want Actually no, I- I'm going to say no I mean, there's, there's. Uh, Please like, don't go on. I'm telling you, this is the funniest audio you'll ever hear in your life. These uh, two, the the two Billy Joel cover bands fighting with each other. At one point, they they just really get into it, and they're like, "Well, you're gay. No, you're gay." Like, "Well, I have a girlfriend." You know, like it's really. And this John Benjamin, and the, plus, I mean, the other guy's really good too. It's just, you know, John's. I mean, he's just. I guess he's as good as advertised. This is from 2001. And he's still pretty good. Uh, he's just hard to get in touch with. But goddamn, so that's we play a little bit of that this week on the Captain Jack episode, and then uh, Careless Talk, which uh, we do play some scenes from Animal House. So <laughs> why why we do that in a Billy Joel A to Z podcast? Because that is the only kind of podcast Dave Juskow feels confident with. 
So uh, I can't help myself. I've got a problem. So what are you going to do? Anywho, that is what's uh, coming up in the uh, Dave Juskell audio video world. Um, okay, let's go to the big uh, news announcement. Maybe if you thought that was funny, then this might be the second funniest thing you might ever hear or see in your life. I told you I had an announcement to make, and this is the week I'm going to tell you. On Thursday, I went to Connecticut and filmed or taped an episode of Judge Jerry. Judge Jerry is a new courtroom show with Jerry Springer as the judge and jury. Uh, this is its third season. I had no idea there was a show like that, but apparently, uh, you know, now that I know it's there, I've seen it. It's on at like noon on Channel 11 every day. Who knew? Another one of those courtroom shows. And on Thursday, I went to Connecticut where they taped Judge Jerry and sued Mike Bichetti. Now, if you don't know Mike Bichetti, um, we talked about him last week with Alex Sulkin. Just look him up. Mike Bichetti. And then when you see him and you see his face, you'll be like, oh, my God, Dave Jessica is the meanest person in the history of the planet. I sued uh, pretty much this autistic kid <laughs> on the Judge Jerry show. I don't know how to present it to make it hilarious. Now, Mike Bichetti is also in the Cars movie. I was just going to call Dave Curry and be like, you're not going to believe what I'm doing on Thursday. Uh, Dave Curry and, and Donna from the Cars uh, podcast because they know Mike Bichetti is in the, the movie. And I sued him over the movie, over ruining the Cars movie. I sued him for ruining the Cars movie because he couldn't remember his lines. It was a, it's all a gag, you know, but um, that's the gag. I sued him for uh, ruining Goodfellas at the Comedy Cellar. Not Goodfellas so much, but the, the other ones because I sued him because we broke a bottle over his head and the Goodfellas and the, uh, you know, the, you know we're... we're, we're Joe Pesci hits the bottle, the waiter over the bottle with the head. So Judy Gold does it. We even have a clip of it. Uh, and then he said he didn't want to get a bottle over his head anymore. Like, in, you know, we wanted to do it every time, like in Love Actually and everything. And he said he didn't want to do it anymore. And then I sued him for all the extra bottles I bought and the transportation and the time commitment. And I just paint a picture of how Mike Machete has ruined my life and career, which is, of course, the meanest thing you can do to somebody has who, you know, they used to use the word retarded, but uh, you, you can't use that anymore. Although uh, Chris Murphy, who is also in the show, uh, says we should grandfather in that word for him. Uh, but again, it, all in, in, uh, in love in a way. But um, so that is what I did, I came in a jacket. I bought the Empire State Building from the movie. You've seen the movie on Amazon Prime, you know. Uh, and again, I apologize. Uh, but I bought it in the Empire State Building. He trashed this or whatever. It's so funny. And then, as if it could get any better, and I don't think I'm describing it the, the best way for some reason. I guess because I've just been describing it too much and I'm done. Um, Rachel Feinstein is Mike's star witness. And she comes in and tells Judge Jerry that I am a monster and that I should not, this movie is, this movie wants to make you take your own life. And, uh, um, and, and then after they, you know, do the verdict, she starts to cry. Thank God this monster will be off the streets. It's really funny. She starts flirting with Jerry and the bailiff. And I'm like, what kind of justice is this? Objection, your honor. I, it's just, I'm, I don't know how they're going to edit it, but 
there's no way this isn't going to be classic. It airs. You will be able to see it. It airs in September for Sweeps Week. That's how much they like it. They were thrilled. So you're asking yourself, oh, is all that fake and phony the judge doing? No, no, it's not. It's just I think what happened was my my old girlfriend, like a really old serious girlfriend that I used to have is now the producer of that show. And she said, you know, I mean, Jerry Spring, it's like me. I can't help myself, but I'm doing a Billy Joel podcast, but I got to play clips and I got to do comedy, right? Because I can't help myself. So you got Jerry Springer doing a courtroom show and the guy's taking these small claim class cases and he tells my girlfriend, he goes, I'm going to shoot myself in the head if I got to do this. Can we spice it up somehow a little? So that is the the git uh, as a matter of speaking of what uh, we're talking about here, I would have won money, you know. If I, uh, you know, I, if, you know, I, I, I don't know what to, I, I think anybody gives a shit when I tell you what I don't tell you. Nobody really cares, but um, I'm, but I will tell you, it's airing. You're going to be able to see it, and there's no way. I mean, if you're a fan of this podcast, what are you kidding me? You're not going to love this. I, you know, it just makes me look like a crazy. I mean, that was the plan. I want to look like the villain. It's like the Morton Downey show all over again. If you've seen that, it's just, I'm trying to look like an idiot. And I open my statement going, thank you, your honor. Mike Bichetti is an incompetent boob, but Mike is so stupid. He kind of ruined it because he kept talking over like we were supposed to extend speeches. Stuff. They said, keep going because we want to fill the whole half hour. And Mike just kept ruining what we all had, what we were told to do in the sense of explaining our cases because he really is an idiot. So he kind of ruined that too, but I don't care. And Mike is hilarious, but I'm like, look at him, Your Honor. I mean, what he's crazy. But I'm telling you, Rachel said stuff like, Your Honor, the way he gets women is like he, he, has them to, he puts them on his lap and then he says, I can put you in pictures. I mean, who talks like that, Your Honor? And I'm like, oh, that's such a lie. And then uh, I say, well, well you, you know, Your Honor, when I was making this film, and he goes, up, oh, picture. And I'm like, y- y- yes, picture. I'm telling you, folks, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not explaining it. Maybe I'm leaving stuff out that I can't remember, but I am telling you, this is going to be, this already is hilarious. And if you, if, if you don't, I mean, if you don't think it's hilarious, please, you know, don't listen to the show anymore because that's all I got. This is like the funniest thing of all time. You know, I get the call like, uh, you, you, do you want to sue somebody? I'm like, yeah, sue Mike Pachetti. That guy's got it coming. I'm so ridiculous. So I, I was trying to get bonus footage, you know, like of me and Mike are doing something because I'm trying to come up with something to you know, make the uh, the Maggie-level subscribers of Patreon doing something else, and I just can't seem to put it together. I never have my phone. I turned it off because it was the courtroom, and they said, you can't bring your phone. So I'm like, ah, I messed up again. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please don't be upset with me. If you are a Maggie-level subscriber, I'm, I, I know I, I need to come up with some form of bonus. I know most of you don't mind, and you're just like, want to support the show, and I appreciate that, but you know, I want to. You know, you know me. I, I, I want you to get your money's worth. I mean, I appreciate it all the time, but I absolutely want you to get your money's worth. So, but I mean, I feel like I'm. Give you know, you're doing me a, a solid by putting together all this, 
these shows. I do three shows now. I mean, I know anybody can get them for free or something, but you're helping me, and I, I do appreciate it a lot. I guess I'm going to have to get a job sooner or later. I applied for the uh, rent uh, thing. I finally got online. They were It was trouble uh, getting in, but I applied. I guess so we'll see what happened. I'll tell you, I applied for something else the other day. They told me my zip code made it so I can't get it. Apparently, I live in too posh a neighborhood to be poor. I mean, this is junior high all over again. Oh, we're the rich Jews from the heights of Edison. So, so we're assholes. And then we go to you know high school, and we're the poor Jews from the heights of Edison. There's no way to win. So that's a disaster. Well, hopefully that's going to work out, you know, and then uh, that'll be great. You know, forgive a little rent action. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. And I guess that'll come to fruition on September. I don't think, uh, you know, anything. I think, you know, at least we'll be here for a couple of we have the summer together, and then uh, who knows? <laughs> Went down to the beach yesterday. I uh, saw David Elliott, which was super, super fun. It was a little cold, but who cares? You know, we're in the cabana having a good time. Woke up early. Just hung out. It was great. Just thought I'd tell you that. It was really fun. It was great to see Dave. He's doing much better. He's feeling good. He looks good. We had a really good time. I love it there. I really do. I like hanging out there. I like the beach. It's you know I'm not. I don't get you know. It's just so soothing watching the waves and just sitting there. You know, like as long as you don't have to be in the hot weather. And it wasn't hot anyway. But I'm just saying, it really is very relaxing. And once in a while, you need it. Of course, it's probably more relaxing to stay for like a weekend or something. Not with him or anything, but I'm saying if I lived, I think I'd like to live down there. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Coming back home gets very stressful. You know, coming back into the city, parking. I mean, it wasn't that bad. We parked the car and then walking around. And the city's been a mess. There's just, you know, the West Village, what they're doing at Washington Square Park. And they, oh, God, there was talk. These mayors are running for office and they're, there's they're, none of the guys running are doing this but i heard yesterday there was talk of taking guns away from police officers oh boy whoever's coming up with that is a fucking asshole they ain't gonna win if they win i am absolutely leaving town i'm saying if a mayor if that was like de blasio running for office four years ago and he said i want to take guns away from the police i am totally leaving town that's it for me i'm out of here folks but I, I don't think any of the candidates uh, are, they, they heard it. They're like, what do you think about that? They're like, I haven't, that's the most, re- all of them are saying that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Thank God. Thank God. Because that's, uh, so Washington Square Park, everything got out of hand last night. There's all these, right? Because they've been rioting in Washington Square Park, that beautiful park down in the West Village by the Comedy Cellar. Ever since the beginning of COVID, they're just a march, right, everything is a mess one of the guys that tells something, the thing of this diner sometimes we go to, you got thrown through a window. I mean, there's so much nonsense and violence and crime. It's not a great place to live anymore. I do feel it'll fix itself up, but it needs another, again, Giuliani type back in 2000, you know, not the, not the now Giuliani, but a Giuliani type to come in and scrub everything up. And I don't think there's anybody like that running. Um, funny again, Giuliani, Woody Allen, all these people are who used to be great and are now a little bit disgraced. So let me just tell you, uh, well, not quickly, but, uh, I would tell you, I also, I went to Boston last weekend. I drove my car up there. I was a little nervous about it. It's a very old car, but it worked perfectly. I mean, perfectly, no trouble at all. 
And I drove up. The, the place was called Laugh Boston. It's in a hotel. It's right by the seaport. And I went up there Friday morning. It was brilliant. Left at exactly 10 in the morning. No traffic whatsoever. You know, I hate Connecticut. Connecticut's the worst. I don't know why anybody would live there. Because first of all, if you live in Long Island or Connecticut, right, it's the worst place to try. I don't. That's why I'm a Jersey guy, and I'll always be a Jersey guy. Because to get to Connecticut or Long Island, you have to drive through the other, the other um, boroughs. So to get to Connecticut, you got to drive through the Bronx. The Bronx is gross, and it's always traffic-filled and stupid. And then you have to drive through Queens to get to Long Island, which is also stupid. At least I feel more comfortable there because of, you know, I'm staring at it every day. But the Bronx is something to me I just don't understand at all. I'm never in the Bronx. And it's just, it's just horrible. With Jersey... You know, I get out of Lincoln Tunnel, I'm in Jersey. It's over. You know, I've always told you this. It's like you, your mind just clears because you, you come out of the tunnel and you're raring to go. But to get to even a place where you can drive 55, you know, you have to get to Connecticut, which is like an hour away. To just get to Connecticut or to get to Long Island. You know, you got to drive through Queens. It's stupid. So I really hate going to... Boston, but if you leave at the right time, left 10 in the morning, no traffic, got to Boston, did the shows. Um, so there were four shows, and I did about 25 minutes a piece. And it was really funny. The uh, so the the comic, the MC was this girl, very nice girl. Her name was Janet. Um, but it's just funny, you know, Rachel and I just keep meeting these people who are just locals and they're just so into their comedy and themselves. It's just, we, they're just not normal. Rachel and I, and all my friends, we talk about comedy, of course. You know, we say a joke or we just talk about comedy. We talk about the business. And then we talk about regular shit. Whereas we keep making, meeting these locals where they're just telling us like, yeah, I'm usually doing four shows a night. You know I mean? I'm like, and then you find out she's just she's been working at a law firm too. She's still there now, you know. It's like yeah, I usually do four shows a night. I mean, I'm crushing, you know. I'm, I'm I crushed. I crush. I I don't think I've ever told anybody I've crushed when I actually have. I've never used that terminology, and most of my friends don't. And sometimes it's funny because uh, you know I've heard Olga use that term before, and I'm like, eh, I don't know what that means because only the kind of douchebags say that I crush. Nobody says that because a real comic is always, it's never good enough. A real comic, and I'm not saying Olga's not a real comic, I'm just using her as a one-time example, but uh, a real comic usually is like, Ugh, I didn't do that well even if they did kill. I mean, tell kills all the time, but he's never going to tell you he crushed. You know what I'm saying? So when we meet these people and they tell us they crush, it's just weird. Let alone if you heard her act, you know, it's like, it's okay, but it's very mellow, like Todd, but you just, she didn't crush, you know, like, I can't imagine a point where she would. Uh, like I said, very nice, but, you know, her using the word crush is a, a bit much, uh, but she was nice, and uh, we had a nice time, and there were a couple of guest spots, I met this really great guy, uh, Chris Tab, I think his name was. He was on. He knew me from Marina Franklin's show, and he was doing comedy, and he was terrific. But it was great because uh, that was on Friday night, the Late Show. Uh, she goes, "Oh, that's Chris. He, I, I hate to follow him, you know, because he crushes." And that's the guy that's going on before I go on. I'm like, "Well, thanks for telling me that." 
But, you know, I'm in my head and I'm saying nothing can deter me today. I know what I have to do. Don't get in your own head. So speaking of which, Rachel got in her own head. She was making a tape. She said, I really need you to do well because I'm going to make a tape. She made one on Saturday, the early show Saturday. And I'm like, no problem. So my plan was to, you know, do what I could do, but really bring the crowd up. And when I was driving there, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just, I'm going to bring the crowd up. I'm going to sing Sweet Caroline because that'll get the crowd going because we're in Boston. And I don't know if you know, but the Sweet Caroline where they add in the extra stuff, so good, so good. All that stuff has started in Boston at the Red Sox game. So I'm like, they're going to get it. This is perfect. I got a great way to do it and it'll get the crowd going. You know, this is my plan to get her going. And I, I mean, I didn't crush, but I did my job and you know, later, Rachel even told me, like, the crowd loved you. They loved you there. I'm going to put in, tell them if you ever need anybody again, you should use him. You know, he's in Boston sometimes, got family here, whatever, just lies. But um, so I, I did really good. You know, I did, I did the job I was paid and asked to do. And with the Sweet Caroline thing, what I did is I go, well, you know, this is, you know, is going to be canceled soon. You guys know this, right? And people are like, well, you know, I'm like, yeah, because you can't have a song going, hands, touching hands. Touching me, touching you. It's over, folks. It's over. I don't know why we picked this song. And then I just go into it, right? Because I'm just like, I'm just trying to get the crowd going. Sweet Caroline. And everybody, everybody goes, bop, bop. They're into it. Good times never felt so good. You know, and I can do the imitation pretty good. And they're like, so good, so good. They, they want to continue. And then I say, and then the stupidest lyric of all time. I feel inclined. What the fuck is that? This is the worst song, folks. Have you ever actually heard the lyrics? They stink. Um, so I just said that. But then I say, because my friend, you know, John Vitti, our friend uh, for the Boston Globe was there one day. I didn't see him. And my friend Ron Ponchak, who's uh, the uh, hospital administrator in uh, Boston General. Uh, but they were there. So I know John Vitti was there. And we have a friend uh, who I've had on this podcast before. from college named alan klein so i said i'm alan klein and you just hear this one laughter and i'm like there he is that's my friend john vitty because i didn't know where he was sitting and i said that and he he just "Ah!" (laughs) and i'm like oh that's my friend john vitty from the boston globe everybody got excited you know the guy from the boston globe is here uh so it was so funny because you know it was, it was made just and i said i'm like it's just a guy who went to college was <laughs> like but it's funny although i it's funny either way it's one of those things it's like i'm alan klein or and if you know alan klein it's even funny so my friend ron laughed at that too how can i not do that joke when i have people who know alan klein there uh so it was working right so the saturday early show i was doing great you know, and Rachel has said, I told you, she's like, no pretty pig, no star. And I was talking about Star Wars, right? I was talking about Star Wars. Um, so I just do this Chewbacca thing. It's no big deal. Who cares, right? If I choose to do it, who gives a shit? And we find out in the audience that there was people that haven't seen Star Wars. And I'm working with the audience and everything is going perfect. It, everybody's enjoying. There's no issue. And Rachel, from the side of the stage, while I'm in the middle of the show, is going, stop talking about Star Wars. And I'm like, and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, what are you fucking out of your goddamn mind? What are you doing? It was the oddest thing. She's like, while I'm on stage, she's like, stop talking. I'm like, shut up. What the fuck do you give a shit if I'm talking about Star Wars? I mean, if there was, I mean, even if it was, let's say she was doing that in her act, which clearly it wasn't the case. Um, 
tell me after. Hey, don't do that Star Wars bit because I have a Star Wars bit. Why you're if I did that to her, she would it would throw her entire show off. I mean, it was right out of this scene. Good evening, ladies and empress. I just got back from Venice, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Let me tell you about Venice. Venice is a very old city, very old. Very wonderful city, ancient city. You can learn a lot in Venice. You want to know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this, a fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Have you all heard about this new sect, the Christians? They are a laugh riot. First of all, they are so poor. How poor are they? Thank you, they are so poor that they have only one God. We Romans are rich. We got a lot of gods. We got a god for everything. The only thing we don't have a god for is premature ejaculation. But I hear that that's coming quickly. (laughs) (laughs) The little fag gets it. (laughs) Hey, let's face it. Let's face it. What's the rage today? Losing weight is all the rage. Everybody in Rome is either in a steam room or a vomitarium. I mean, half of Rome is either cooking or puking. <laughs> but you can't blame these people. You can't blame these people for wanting to be thin. Who wants to look like a big fat pig? Did he say big fat pig? Yes, he did, sire. Do you think he didn't need? I believe he did, sire. Oh. Get off the fat jokes! Get off fat! Get off fat! Fat. No. No. Uh, the two Jews got off. No. Uh, Syrian. Uh, uh, politics, 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 politics. Yes, the Roman Senate. The Roman Senate is the best legislature that money can buy. Corruption starts in the streets with the little peddlers. They bribe an assemblyman. The assemblyman bribes a councilman. The councilman bribes a senator. And the senator, it goes all the way up to the emperor. Shit. It was just like that. Get off fat. Get off fat. She's like on the sides, like yelling at me. I don't know what she was doing. She apologized later. Even the uh, the MC girl was like, I think she just got into her own head. She was so worried about the taping. This is a professional who headlines like every day, every weekend. She was so worried about the. I, I don't know what she was doing. She never would have done that to somebody else. I mean, it was really weird. I mean, can you imagine if she did that to some guy she didn't know, like one of the local people? I, I guess she was just listening to... I don't know why she was listening to my act. Why wasn't she concentrating on her own thing? That's the weird part. But she apologized because she goes, oh, the crowd loved you. They loved you. And I'm like, yeah, I I, I thought, I actually thought so this time too. I thought they... I, I didn't think there was any problems. Like when, when I went out later, everybody was like, you, you were great. You were great. Great job. Which a lot of times doesn't happen. A lot of times I'll go out and they'll be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, but I, I know I did good enough. You know, I'm not David Tell or whatever, but I know I did good. And the, the crowd liked me and they, we had a good time together. Uh, you know, I, I've always been the kind of guy who's like, it, it doesn't look like I have prepared material. It looks like I'm just talking like a podcast. And I guess, uh, you know, people are okay with it. So I did the job I was paid to do and there was no issues. But just for some reason at that point, she got in her head and. 
and decided to interrupt the show. I don't know why she didn't come out and just have them turn off the mic at that point. But uh, get off fat. Get off fat. That's all I was thinking about. I'm like, I was looking back and I was, I, you know what I want? I just wanted to be like, all right, all right. Uh, politics, two Jews, work. politics, politics, politics. Oh, that's all I obviously that then then I well you know and then she's got me thinking about more '80s movies you know and I'm like what that now she put that in my head well, let's, have you guys seen History of the World and that's just what have made her matter which uh, would have been the plan anyway so on Saturday afternoon or morning uh, Rachel brings the baby with her and her husband and uh, the husband travels with her a lot stays in the hotel with the baby and it's it's really a it's a good plan you know. In fact, I was gonna, if I wasn't opening for a Friday, I was going to come up Friday anyway and uh, you know keep uh, Pete company in the hotel room while Rachel was performing, I figured, because he must be just sitting there doing nothing with the baby. So uh, Saturday morning, we went to the seaport. We walked around with the baby and uh, you know just looking for brunch or something. It's really difficult to walk around there. It's not there. I'll say, oh, it's great. It's great. It's not that great. It's really spread out and, and kind of weird, this Boston seaport area. I know it's building up but it's 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 just okay and we found this uh restaurant which wasn't very good uh service was pretty bad but uh you know food's okay whatever we're just looking for any place to go and they you know we, we just wanted coffee because i drank a lot the night before actually um and i was hung over and they make that french press coffee that they bring to your table i'm like yeah we don't want to me and pete were just like no we just want constant refills you know we want to be in an ihop right now but we can't find one of those that's all we're looking for. And they make the French press where they got to, can we have another one, please? And it took her like 20 minutes. You know, the waitress did themselves. Anyway, the waitress was very nice and she was pretty. And I said to Rachel, I was thinking of this, <clears throat> which I talk about a lot, that crashing episode with Dove Davidoff, which I've told Judd Apatow and Pete Holmes how much it means to me because that's the way it was. If you've seen this episode with Dove Davidoff in season three, where he's going and he's remembering the 90s and how we used to do comedy. You hit on the waitress. You go out with the staff after. That's what I, you know, that's why I wanted to hang out with the staff because I was talking to the bartender the whole time in the 90s and, and not COVID. Me and that bartender, we at the place we hit it off, she was very nice and I think we would have hung out after, you know, if it, things were normal, maybe if I was younger, whatever the case may be. That's what we all used to do. We all used to either say it at the club or we just would have gone to the bar next door, but things aren't normal. And that's the way it was. So I always think of that episode because, you know, me and Dove, I guess we're old men and this is the way we think and the world's not like that anymore. And you, I guess you can't go out with the waitress anymore. Who knows? And I said to waitress, I'm like, you know, it's funny because years ago and then I, we definitely would have asked the waitress to come to the show, uh, you know, but I guess she goes, no, you can ask her to come to the show. I'm like, oh, that's all right. You know, I, it's all right. and she goes, no, no, it'll be fine. We'll put her on the list. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So we told her what we did and, and uh, I gave her my number and she calls, she goes, yeah, I'd love to come to the show. And then she came to the show. I didn't get to see her. Uh, I was just in the back. And Rachel said, oh, I saw the waitress. She loved you. She said it was great. And uh, I don't know why I didn't get to see her. I guess they didn't go out there in time or something. I don't know. I was talking to somebody else. Oh, I, my friend was there. That's right. My friend Ron was around. So I couldn't see her. But um, yeah, so she came to the show. And it was great. And she's like, can I bring a friend? And we're like, sure. Yeah. So uh, that was totally cool. And then she texted me the next day and said, you know, uh, I'm actually moving to New York. And I said, well, that's terrific. I think Rachel and I could probably get you a job somewhere. I kept saying we, we, so there's no, you know, I don't want any trouble. But, uh, yeah, it's really funny because that's the way I told, you know, I'm so good at forging relationships like that with apparently with waitresses and bartenders. But, yeah, I mean, we, we I, you know, we could totally uh, probably get her a waitressing job or something. I said, if that's what you want to do or something. But it's just uh, funny. It was, it was a really good time. And then Saturday night, you know, I was just looking for something to do. 
because I was just bored. Everything closes down. Everybody left because everything's closing early. And I, you know, I just wanted to drink some more. And because I don't, you know, I love the after show beer, as you know, and then just hanging out. And then I just went to the hotel room because Rachel obviously has a kid. So she got, when they said they were leaving, they were like, we're going to go in the morning. And I'm like, I got to wait. I would probably have gone home that day because I was pretty wide awake. But, um, I wanted to see my niece the next day. You know, she lives up in Boston. I got her all these really expensive gifts. And I was getting a little upset because I hadn't heard from her. I'm like, oh, you know, keep Sunday open. She goes, oh, I don't know. I'll be hungover. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. She better see me. You know, I can't have a third of Beth's kids dick me over again. I got to tell you what happened um, with Billy. Because I was in the doghouse with Billy, uh, because of what happened, you know, with the, him staying over and stuff. I'm like, well, I got a good way to make it up to him. I asked Alec if, if we could watch the table read of Family Guy. You know, they do it on Zoom now. It's not in L.A., so it's on Zoom. I'm like, hey, do you think I can get me and my nephew in on that? It would be a really special thing to see the table read. And he goes, well, is he going to be with you? And I'm like, no, he'd be somewhere else. I'm like, eh, we don't usually do that. It's too risky. He might turn on his mic or something. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I'll call his father and tell him to keep an eye on him or something. So he was very kind. So I was so excited. And I called Billy and I said, hey, guess what I got us in? A table read of Family Guy. And he was like, uh, yeah, I don't like Family Guy anymore. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care for it anymore. And I'm like, you got to be goddamn kidding me. And I, I don't think I told you guys this story already. Maybe I did. I lost track of time. But yeah, so I'm like, we, you liked it at Passover. And that was like in April. And... uh He's like, yeah. Just, so I'm like, so he, again, the the reaction, you know, I'm like, what what, what can I do with these goddamn kids? The, <clears throat> I, I, you know, it's, uh, you tell somebody you're taking them to London, they don't care. You tell, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I can't, I can't win with these kids. So, so I just forget about it and I don't mention it. And then Billy's like, hey, are we still doing the thing? And because I told Dory, and I guess she must have said, hey, Billy. Uncle David's pretty upset that you didn't care. He goes, oh, no, I want to do it. But I don't know whether he wants to do it. or I, Who cares? If he doesn't care, I don't care. So I was like, well, you didn't seem interested, so I just didn't pursue it. He goes, no, I am interested. So I did it, and we did it. You know, we, we did it. And then when I was texting him during the show, he, like, wasn't texting me back. And I'm like, I wonder if he's even watching it. You know, I mean... Why am I wasting my time? I, I can't tell whether this kid likes anything. I can't figure these kids out. I mean, you know, he's he's trying to be a voiceover actor. I would think this would be an unbelievable experience to see Seth Green and the woman that plays Lois, who's in Miss Maisel, do, do these voices in person the way it works, a table read. What, am I mistaken in this? I think he did eventually like it. Um, Liza told me he Snapchatted a screenshot of it, which was not what the exact thing they were trying to goddamn avoid, but screenshots go away in 24 hours, but way uncool. And I thought I, his father you know, told him, but again, I didn't even hear back from his father. I can't get any of that family's attention. So with Liza, so on Sunday, I'm just like, I'm sitting around like an old man waiting. I'm like up at nine in the morning. I'm like, oh, I hope she's going to call. I don't want to bother. I know she's hungover. I don't want to bother. I don't want to bother. But Jesus Christ, I got to at least drop off these gifts. I'm like, there's got to be one person in that family who's at least going to let me. I, I know they, uh, I don't want to ruin her birthday weekend. I just want to see her. But I know noon is, it's a, I get that. I get it.
So finally around 11.40, she uh, texts back and says, hey, I just woke up. And I'm like, oh, thank God. She goes, yeah, let's do it. Can we bring, uh, you know, Lindsay and uh, Olivia, her friends? And I'm like, sure, of course. Like I said, let me take you out for brunch. So she was into it, thank God. And then I was thrilled because I really wanted to take her out for brunch. I know, but I, I get the hangover part too, of course, duh. But we went out for brunch at this great place. It was just a little sports bar. It wasn't crowded at all. They had really interesting things. It was great to see her. And I got to give her the gifts. I got to see where she lives. And it was great. I was really happy. That made me really happy, which makes her the best of all the kids. Meanwhile, I like all the kids. You know, I mean, I really like Dory. And I talked to her a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I like Billy, too. It's just, um, I don't know. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they get to do all these kind of great things that i never had and i i guess uh you know i'm like my dad at this point where i'm just like you know ungrateful but you know yeah i'm like an old man I mean, you know it's like we've talked about before you know i mean my sister and i would have killed to go have an uncle that worked at a goddamn comedy club with these really funny comics when we were 15 i mean even going to las vegas seeing david brenner and who's the other guy uh the uh not dinkelberg humperdinck what am i thinking? bobby vinton we saw David Brenner and Bobby Vinton. We were 15. We were in Las Vegas. Beth's 13. I mean, even that was exciting. It's exciting to do adult things when you're a kid. And we didn't have any uncles. That were, I mean, can you imagine if I had an uncle? If Aunt Judy's husband or something was... Well, no, it would have to be Aunt Judy, right? Or if my mother's brother, if Uncle C, who liked acting, was in a Broadway play. I mean, how exciting would that be for a young Dave Juskow? But this guy, you know, was a piece of shit, so it doesn't matter. But... uh I don't know. So I guess my, you know, we just get like, oh, come on, man. I mean, yeah, I'm not Sarah Silver. Wouldn't that be a great aunt to be? But I can, you know, we do these fun things sometimes. I mean, and they just don't care. But I guess that's just kids in general. Kids, like, look at me. I don't know. You just want people to be like, oh, my God, that sounds so awesome. Liza's kind of like that, kind of. <laughs> I just can't win. Maybe they hate me. So I'm a shitty uncle. What do you want me to do? I'm just doing the best I can. I'm a mess. I got to worry about myself. I'm an absolute mess. Then I do weird things. I mean, when these kids say, oh, my uncle's on Judge Jerry tomorrow. I'm like, what? Why is he on Judge Jerry and not the Friends reunion? Well, things didn't really work out for him in life. So he goes a different direction. But... These things got to happen every five years or so. I can't help myself. I like doing the quotes. And just on uh, some final notes, uh, they're making a reboot of iCarly. I'm, uh, I am like to say I'm not very excited about it, but but I am, which is pathetic. But now they're old enough that I don't have to feel bad about it, you know. So, I mean, I don't know what my problem is. I, I just, um, you know, I like stupid sitcoms and nonsense and that's what i like about it just it's uh you know one, you know after you watch something um really great i like to watch a half hour of crap and then go to bed or whatever uh and also you know i got a thyroid issue right so i'm just trying to refill a prescription it's really been a, a horrible process i was getting them at the like a city md or during COVID, and now they won't give it to me anymore and it's been really hard to find a, let alone a primary doctor. Now I've just been looking for an endocrinologist. And it's like really getting scary because I got about three weeks of pills left. So I think I finally got a video visit, which of course isn't good enough because they probably need to do tests. I mean, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. I just, you know, it's a pill I take every day. 
but it's been really hard. I don't have great insurance, and it's just been really difficult. Like I've had to spend multiple days like on the phone trying to just find a way to get this prescription. I liked going to the city MD, just getting a three month prescription. They were pretty cool. But it's not like I'm asking for Xanax or opioids or something like that. You know, I'm just saying, hey, I need this prescription to to save my life. I guess I don't I don't know what would happen if I went off of it. Because I, you know, I didn't have any symptoms to go on it. They just did my blood work and said, here's your, you know, you got a thyroid problem. So I guess it's good to take the pill every day. I hate taking the pill every day. I hate taking anything every day. But, you know, I don't know what would happen if it went off. It, it makes me nervous and uptight. But, um, yeah, it's been so difficult to find a doctor. And if you find the doctor, nobody's available till September or October, or even November. They're like, yeah, we have an appointment in August. I'm like, my prescription will end then. I don't know what's going on. I guess it's all COVID-related. Nobody has time to see patients because I guess everybody now is trying to see their doctors because everybody's been doing video visits and stuff. So I wonder if it's been complicated for you guys as well, even with really good insurance. That's the question. If I'd paid that, remember that I had that doctor I loved. Uh, you know, he doesn't take this particular insurance, but at this point, I would have paid that concierge fee, which was $1,000 a year because... Uh, I really would have just to, if he had taken this insurance, I think I would have gone for it. It would have been totally worth it. I just, damn it, you know, it's so frustrating not to be able to see a doctor when you need, I mean, fortunately I've been healthy until, you know, I had this little uh, tickle, but uh, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? And that's the thing, you know, you go out, I uh, drank all weekend. I didn't sleep that well in the hotel and then I go out and that's what happens. That's where I pick up something. I wear myself down with drinking and yelling. I mean, Monday night. Yeah, like screaming, like screaming in a good way, you know, just being loud and having a good time and doing all, you know, and just I, I knew I could tell I was losing my voice and I was like nervous. The only reason I was nervous because I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to lose it for Thursday when I'm, you know, screaming at the judge or doing, you know, whatever we're doing on the Judge Jerry thing. So I didn't want to, uh, yeah, I didn't want to, but, but uh, yeah, I just, I definitely picked, you know, it's all, you wear yourself down. That's how you catch stuff. That's why. You know, I, I didn't get definitely didn't get sick during COVID at all because I wasn't wearing myself down at all. I wasn't drinking or anything. Um, you know, it's super fun. Uh, I feel like I am okay from yesterday. Just we didn't drink that much, and then I took a I colored my hair yesterday. You know, it was looking great. I loved the gray and black. My hair was looking great. I was really pleased with. It. But you'll see on the show. You'll see that it it looks mostly great, but it's it's a good combination. And I looked, you know, the appropriate age I'm supposed to be. But I colored it yesterday because I just can't, I just don't want it to go all gray yet. But that was the perfect combination. If I could keep it that way, where it's black and gray, that would be great. I'm just not ready to go all gray. And I think it just, you know, it heads in that direction. And I, I don't know. So now I just, you know, I just wanted to go back to that. Like maybe in two weeks, it'll be back to that again. But now it just looks ridiculous. I did it last night when I got home. But you will see the, the proper combination it's supposed to be on the TV show in September. Folks, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but we have to wait, unfortunately, two months to see it. But I can't imagine it's not going to be unbelievable. I mean, the case is called Juskow versus Bichetti. I mean, folks, oh, my God, that's going to be awesome. I don't think, oh, let me just tell you this too before we leave. I, I got rid of the mall show. I don't think I told you. Did I tell you? I No, I don't think I did because I did it after we taped the Alec. After I got back from Boston, I said, I'm going to call them and say I don't want to do it. It's just too much pressure on me. 
So I called him and I called the lady that I like and I was like, is this going to be okay? Are you going to be a problem? And then I called the lady at the mall. She goes, well, I'm leaving anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, great, because it's just too much for me. Thank you. And then I realized, why don't I just do a show at the bar next door where everybody was going to go to the bathroom? So I think I'm... Uh, this week I'm going to go meet with them and see if maybe I can just put on a show. I mean, that's my wheelhouse, you know, just bringing in people at already a space, you know, that thing. And that creepy place with the fence and the shed, it just, oh, what a burden off my chest. So I don't know. I don't really have any shows scheduled except for that July 1st at the West Side Comedy Club. Uh, meanwhile, again, I'm kind of upset with that club because she's like, well, I have to okay if you give somebody a five-minute spot. And it's a produced show, so you should be able to do what you want. So that kind of bothers me, but, you know, I'm trying to relax because, you know, it's nothing could be like the comedy seller where they just really let me do whatever the hell I want. And I just have to remember that's a special deal, I guess. So uh, whatever. It's cool, baby. You know what I'm talking about, right? But I'm excited uh, for the week, I mean, uh, you know, I'm trying to make some money. It's not the kind of money I'll be able to make to stay in this apartment, but, you know, maybe that'll come with time. I mean, maybe by September I can get everything back to normal. If I can get back the, uh, let me tell you something. If I can get back the, I'm definitely doing the Westside Comedy once a month, right? If I can get back the Comedy Cellar, if that ever happens again, you know, if I can do that once a month, that's really helpful. If I can get this other club once a month, then, you know, then we're talking that, things could work out. You know, if I always said, if I could do four shows a month somewhere, I could probably make enough money, you know, and then make other monies doing other stuff, I would be okay. So again, I, but, but we knew this. I said I wouldn't be able to make money until 2021. And pretty much in September of 2021, one would hope I should be able to get back on my feet, I guess. I mean, that's with the rest of the world too. I'm not doing anything on purpose. I'm not, you know, trying to just slack off. There's just not a lot of options yet. But I guess that'll come and everything will work out. Anyway, I suppose that's our show for today. I think it was pretty good. It's so funny. I'm always like, I have so much to say, so much to say. So I didn't write that much down because I basically had the three things. I wanted to say about Boston. I wanted to say about Judge Jerry and wanted to tell you about Donald Fagan, but, uh, you know, I guess that was it, you know, but it was all exciting stuff, exciting Nightfly entertainment, and why wouldn't it be? Uh, Now you can tell with those three particular things, things we never would have been able to do last year during COVID, so the Nightfly hopefully is getting interesting again because uh, there's more to talk about, and there's more things to do, and uh, again, getting out of the house, if you are like me. Oh, God, at least get out twice a week if you're, you know, having trouble acclimating like I was. I guess you just got to push yourself because getting out of the house just make thing, makes things happen. I mean, there's very there's many times where I can just be sitting at home and get a phone call like that happened with Jim Gaffigan last year. You're just sitting around and it just happened. But also to help yourself going out, meeting people, just walking on the street, you never know what's you're going to find but that is the important thing about living this life and you know it's not all a drag see i mean do we really know what happens after you know it's not all a drag the people on screen are really funny they're doing all that anyway this week uh tonight bonnie mcfarland rich voss uh billy joel captain jack careless talk this week we'll see you next week 
on the Nightfly, everybody, the Donald Fagan-based Nightfly. My name is Dave Juskow, and I am the Nightfly Podcast King, and Donald Fagan is the Nightfly Forever Awesome Musical Genius King. Uh, but uh, now we are intertwined forever, no matter what happens. I'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Good night. Give us some fun, duck, you.